Hi everyone. Oh, mic's on. Mic's on. We have a new prime minister. <laughs> a new one? No one? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he got his kvenge, as they say. <laughs> Many other jokes, but uh, with other issues to look at right now. But I, uh, I did enjoy the whole drama of the whole moment. I sat and watched it. I watched uh, ABC's live coverage and they completely messed it up. <laughs> they, uh, they cut to reporters drinking and talking when the middle of people's uh, speeches and yeah. Anyway, that's the way of the world, isn't it? It is. Yeah, tit for tat. Do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. Karma. What goes around comes around. That's not our problem. We don't uh, work by karma. What goes around comes around. Uh, we don't get treated as our sins deserve. They're separate as far as the east is from the west. Yep. He remembers our sins no more. And that's what we learned last week or saw last week. He remembers them no more. He doesn't bring them to memory ever again. They are gone. God doesn't look at you through a Christ lens. You ever heard that? God looks at you through a Christ lens. He's got his Christ goggles on. He can't see your sin. Okay? That's not true. <laughs> you are hidden in Christ. Okay? You and Christ are one. You can't see your sin because it doesn't exist. We're in a little thing called time. And time sits in eternity. And eternity sits inside God. So God's bigger than eternity. And then time sits inside, and time's little thing is going to get wrapped up and thrown away. Uh, we we uh, live in a four-dimensional world, height, depth, width, and time. And uh, time, you think of time, and time is actually a fabric, and uh, uh, time is as real as, as uh, height is real. It's, another, it's a dimension. And... Um, it can be stretched, it can be shrunk. Time moves at different speeds at different places. Time speeds up under gravity. So if you live on a very high mountain and your twin lives at the bottom of the mountain, there's more gravity at the bottom of the mountain than the top of the mountain, you'll be older than your twin. Because time moves faster under gravity. Time is, is it's just a substance. It's, it's, it can be stretched, it can be shrunk, it can be warped. And it's, going to, it's a material. <laughs> and it's going to be wrapped up and thrown away. And in that is everything that's to do with time. And that includes every sin, every tear, every memory, this whole world. In fact, Paul calls these our earth suits. And these earth suits are how an, an eternal being, because that's what you are, you're a spirit being, and they're eternal interacts in this physical world. If you lose this earth suit, you no longer interact in this physical world. But you keep going. You don't stop. You don't skip a beat. Because you're a spirit. And your spirit is from God. It's made of His substance. It's cut from His cloth. And God is love. God is light. And God is spirit. And that is the very substance that you are. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in the body. 
Now, your soul and your body come from your parents. Your soul wasn't flowing around in heaven and God sent the soul down. Okay, that's why you do the same things as your parents. <laughs> that's why you like the same things, have the same skills, same gifts. It comes from your DNA. And if you want to think about it this way, we probably have a three-strand DNA. We just can't see it. <laughs> but your when, like, uh, when you're conceived, the two DNAs come together and form one, one being. And that's where you get your physical traits and your soulless traits. And in there is the record and memory of hundreds and thousands of years of human history. <laughs> things that your parents did, things your parents didn't do, things that happened. Trauma, happiness, joy, it's all recorded in that DNA. And that your soul and your body are, are records. But your spirit is a clean slate from heaven, from the Father. Now it comes inside this two-layered thing, body and soul, and your innermost being, Jesus calls it, your spirit sits inside. And wants to express itself out from the Holy of Holies, the inner court, outer court, and the rest of the world. Inside you, your spirit wants to express itself out. But wrapped around it is a soul that believes many things and a body that believes many things. But we want to transform our mind so it agrees with the spirit. And so the spirit flows out with no blockages. And that's what Paul says. This is the whole transformation process of Christianity is just agreeing with God which is a surrendering to its true it's not a fight it's not a stir yourself up you can stir yourself up for moments for given things okay but the life of it is a surrender to the fact that God is good and this is what he's done and this is who he is and you're one with that God because any man be in Christ he's one spirit with the Lord yes one spirit. So you live from your spirit, through your soul, out of your body. And all you're doing in life is lining up your soul with your spirit. Because your spirit has the mind of Christ. We all know that verse, his thoughts are above our thoughts, his ways are above our ways. And we quote that now as a Christian in the New, New Covenant. And that's good we quote that in the New Covenant because it's in the New Testament. They repeat it in the New Testament. It says, His ways are above our ways and His thoughts are above our thoughts. But now we have the mind of Christ. So he's saying that scripture is over. In the Old Testament, Jesus, God lived in a box, a golden box, and we lived out here. And His thoughts were way above our thoughts. His ways were above our ways. And we didn't know what was going on. But now, he doesn't live in that box anymore. That box is here. We are the Ark of the Covenant. That's what we are. We are the Ark of the Covenant. There's a spiritual principle in Scripture where spirits attach themselves to a certain physical locality. So a Rome 1 locality. When Jesus sailed into an area, the storms went crazy, and the Maniacal guy went crazy because he's, he's sailing into their physical area. When um, 
all the ten tribes got taken away and new people came in to live in, uh, in Israel, uh, lions ate them. <laughs> and the lions ate them because they did not know what the God of this land wanted. There was a God of land. A God was over this soil, over this area. Okay? We are that soil. We're made from dust. We're that monatomic gold from the glory realm or it's dust of the earth. I don't know. But we are the ground of God. And he rules on this. We are ambassadors. We are the embassy. So if you're on Iran, not bad, just bad example. No Australian embassy in Iran, I don't think. Um, maybe there is. If you are in um, Singapore, okay, and you chew gum and you spit it out, and now you're going to get your head cut off and whipped or whatever, okay, you can run into the Australian embassy and they can't touch you. Because the Australian embassy is Australian soil. In there, they can't touch you. Julian Assange, the Australian, is in the Ecuadorian embassy in London. London London don't want him. London want to put him in jail. London want to send him to America to put him in jail. But he's in the Ecuadorian embassy. Ecuadorian embassy is Ecuadorian soil. The English police can't go in there. They can't write. They wanted to. They talked about it. That it would be the end of the embassy system. The whole, everyone said, you cannot go into that embassy. It belongs to another kingdom. In that kingdom, they go by that kingdom's rules. And in that kingdom, Julian Assange has not committed any crimes. You are that embassy. You walk around in that embassy. In this embassy, in your spirit, you have committed no crimes. There's no condemnation against you. And everywhere you go, you bring the rule and authority of that embassy because you are there right now. Because the whole earth is the Lord's and everything in it is His. And you have legitimate authority to bring that rule wherever you go, wherever you tread your feet, you bring that embassy, that rule, that governance. Under its laws. Doesn't matter where you are. Under its laws. The law is love. And as Paul says, there's no law against love. There's no law against these things. So what we want to do is stop living the old way into the new way. And Paul, who would have been in his 30s when he persecuted the church because of his his position, they're guessing, then he went away for about 7 to 14 years in the desert. Am I buzzing here? So he went away for a while and and, uh, learnt from Jesus went to the third heaven, learned exceeding things he couldn't even share with us, things that words could not express, knew knew the whole Old Testament backwards, knew every type and shadow and pattern and from the Hebrew words. And he preached one message, Christ crucified. Every church, every situation, no matter what they're coming up against, he said, you've died and risen with Christ. We saw last week, because that is the answer to everything. Because it's the gospel that's the power to salvation. The gospel that Jesus died and rose again and you were in him 
when he died and rose again is your power to salvation. Now, salvation is sozo, as we know, which means saved, delivered, healed. Saved, spirit. Delivered, soul. Healed, body. Whatever your need is, if it's in your body or in your soul, because it's not in your spirit, your spirit's A1. If it's in your soul, in your body, it needs to be sozo, it needs to be saved, and the gospel is the power to salvation. There's lots of topics to preach on. There's lots of, uh, this book is full of amazing, amazing things. But the power to salvation is the gospel. Now, Paul could have blown us away with the patterns and the scriptures and how this guy saw that guy and their names and, and everything. But he said, I will preach Christ crucified. And that's what he preached, the gospel. And the gospel isn't that Jesus died and took your sins away. The gospel isn't uh, this is what God has enabled you to live a better life, to be a good person. Because Jesus did not come to improve you. He came to replace you. And now you are a, a we, <laughs> not an I. You're one spirit with God and you are a spirit being. And faith is regarding that as so and living by that kingdom's laws. That's not by sight. Because everything we see, as Craig said, is of this world, of this decay, of do good, get good, do bad, get bad, must protect yourself, must prevent death. Because your soul has one job. Your soul is not evil, okay? As in, it's planning now to rub a bank or you know it's not it's not an evil thing it just wants to live it doesn't want to die ever since the garden of eden it's had to protect itself and it has to live and everything your soul does is out of self survival it must protect itself because nobody else will if someone it fears death and all fear is fear of death so when someone honks their horn at you, you react because they have taken something from you, your dignity, and you fear dignity death. So you honk back or something like that. We don't give because we fear financial death. We don't apologize because we fear uh, some type of dignity death. We don't um, do things we fear social death. We fear relationship death. We fear physical death. They're all fears of death. Miscommunication, protecting yourself, uh, hiding, twisting truths. They're all fears of death. So Jesus came up <laughs> with a perfect plan. He killed you. A Baptist preacher once said, I've got some good news and some bad news. Bad news first, the devil wants you dead. Good news, God wants you dead. Okay, any questions? Okay. You have died. Paul says this pattern. You have died. Now reckon yourself dead. Now believe it so. Cast off the old man and put on the new man, Ephesians 4, that is created to be like God. Humility is agreeing with God. Remember, we get um, 
Christianity from the Scriptures. We don't impose on the Scriptures what it is. <laughs> we read the Scriptures and go, oh, no, that's what it is, okay? God has given you everything that He is because He's made you one with Him. You are one. In spirit, you are one. We want to live from that spirit, from that inner being, from that inmost being. And the way to do that is to reckon yourself dead. Agree with what has actually happened. Truth is reality. The reality is you have died with Christ and risen again with Him, in Him, forever in Him. And the way you live that way, as we know, it's by faith. But we, Yes, that's awesome. That hasn't worked for me. What is going on? Faith is trust. Because we in the West think believing that something is true is faith. But the excellent example, probably a Baptist preacher again, is a man has a tightrope across the uh, Grand Canyon, as we saw the other day. Did anyone see that? That guy was a Christian, wasn't he? Oh, Jesus, Lord Jesus, help me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Like he was, he was Christian through and through. Maybe you found Christ out there. Who knows? But um, uh, he says a man's going to tightrope across the tightrope across the Grand Canyon. He gets a wheelbarrow and says, "Who believes I can go back and forth with a wheelbarrow?" Everyone goes, "Yeah, we believe." So off he goes. You know, over does some for dramatics. Comes back. Everyone goes, yeah, you're amazing. He says, who believes I could do this with a person in it? Everyone goes, yeah. He goes, right, get in. <laughs> that is the difference between mental assent, agreeing with a concept, and trust. The trust we're trusting is in the invisible, another kingdom's laws. And that sounds hard. Only if we detach it from the character and the goodness and the faithfulness of a God who can never lie. So faith is agreeing with what is already true. It's a surrender. Now there are times you might have to shout louder on what's happening. And you might have to actually shout like you know, your soul saying one thing and you might have to shout louder. But that's not how you live. That's not faith. That's an individual moment. Okay? Faith is trusting what is already true. And what's already true is already in you, in your spirit. Your spirit is a perfect son. It sees the Father face to face right now. Right now, you are raised and seated in heaven. So there's things which are already true that we don't quite know. That we don't realize. Your body gets, I think, I think it was like Someone said 40 billion messages at any given time because of all the cells talking to each other. Of those, you can only be conscious of 2,000. And your body chooses which is most important. So right now, you can feel your shoes on your feet. Although you weren't thinking about that, you could always feel them. Okay, yeah, that's right. But now you're aware of it. You can feel your shirt on your shoulders. Whatever's on your, you're wearing, you can feel it on your, against your body. You can always feel it against your body. But your body, we weren't saying that's important right now, but it's always true. So faith is realizing what is true. So everyone's on a chair right now, and the chair is holding you up. You weren't aware of that. 
but you were aware of it, but you weren't conscious of that, okay? The chair's holding you up. Now, faith is becoming aware that the chair is holding you up. It was always true. So, if you take your feet off the ground, everyone take their feet off the ground, if you can, okay? Now, become aware of this chair holding you up, okay? That resting, that sitting down is the process of faith. It is that easy because every person of any age, of any culture, at any education level, any social level, any economic level must be able to do it. It can't be any harder than what a child can do. Once it goes beyond that, it ceases being Christianity. It becomes a philosophy of man's own invention to puff himself up. Righteousness, Christianity, the person of Jesus is a gift given to you freely by the Lord Jesus himself. It was his idea before the foundation of the world. This is what I want to do. I want to be one with my people. He's made you one. You have a unity. You are together in your spirit. And as your soul lines up, the more it's expressed. Now your soul lining up is not this 100-year process. It's a decision. Paul says, the Ephesians 4, 5, I said this last week, wrong did I, 4 ministry of the pastors, teachers, evangelists, apostles and prophets in reverse order, um, are there to build you to the fullness of the stature of Christ. What does that mean? Be the fullness of the stature of Christ. It means to be exactly like him, a mature son that does what he sees the father doing. John says, as he is, so are we now in this earth. As he is, not as he was, as he is raised and seated. And John saw him raised and seated in Revelations. He says, if you know Christ, you must walk as he did. Religion has said this is an incredible, impossible task to be achieved over a long period of time by a set few. But Christianity says, Jesus says, this is my gift for every single person who believes. It's not my gift, it's my expectation. This is what it is. It's nothing else. God lives in you, wants to express himself through you. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in you bodily. Everything Scripture says about Christ, it says about you. Jesus is the king. You're a king. He's the king of kings. He's number one. But you are the same king he is. He's a priest. You're a priest. He's the high priest, but you're a priest. He's a priest. Jesus is the light of the world. Guess what? You're the light of the world. The fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily. Guess what? If you believe in me, me and my Father will come and make our home with you. And we'll send the Holy Spirit to live in you too. So, one, two, three, yep, that's them all. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in you bodily. He's a son. You're a son. He's the heir of all things. And guess what you are? The heirs of all things, co-heirs. 
not joint heirs like you get that bit, you get that bit, you get that. We all get it all. We're co-heirs. He shares everything with us. And that is a surrender. You can't reckon that. You can't get it, understand. And you don't have to understand. You don't have to understand how the light works to use it or the car works to use it. You just use it because it's true. Yeah? It's the same thing. We don't have to understand. We just have to believe that it's true. You never have to understand. You believe the character of the person who said it. That's why belief is so important. Because everything else is actually not saying, it's actually a slight on God's character or his work. You're saying, that's not true. So, uh, let's look at some scripture here. So last week we read uh, Ephesians 2 and something else. Um, what should we do? I was going to show you this is in all the, like, everywhere. Oh, Romans 6 we read last week, didn't we? That we died and rose with him. So reckon yourselves dead. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to read from a multi-translation Bible. So I'm going to repeat some verses. I don't have a stutter. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5 starts by saying, we live in an earth tent. That's what it's saying. This thing will go. But we, we're spirits, live in this thing. This is not us. We live inside this thing. Let's start from verse 13. So 2 Corinthians 5, so far we're talking about we live in an earth tent, we're gonna get in the, this one's going to go, we're going to get in the mortal one later on, it's all good. That sounds a bit spooky, okay? Paul was saved by a, a ball of light in front of him saying that, that he's God, went to the desert, went to heaven and heard from this thing, all right? That's spooky, all right? And all, when people say, um, we must go by the logos and the word and, and that's it and experience is irrelevant, all Paul's writing is him writing about an experience, <laughs> a crazy experience. In fact, this crazy experience is how he defends his ministry twice in Acts. Why do I say this? I have authority to say this because Jesus, sorry, I don't know what's going on here. Jesus himself appeared to me in the road, <laughs> blinded me. I went to heaven. I saw these things. And he's saying, this experience gives me authority. So experience is good. When we read scriptures, we're reading an, uh, uh, an account of an experience. <laughs> 2 Corinthians 5, verse 13. Are we insane to say such things about ourselves? If so, is to bring glory to God. Or whether we be sober is for your cause. For the love of Christ leaves us no choice. Convinced that as one has died for all, then all have died. So there's the death again. Very important. The death, that you have died with Christ. We look at it like this. If one died for all men, then in a sense, they have all died. Christ died for us all, so that being alive should no longer mean living with our own life, but with his life, who died for us and has risen again. So we live with his life. Or as another, we read last week, his resurrection life we live with. 
Therefore, for the future, we know no one simply as a man. And therefore, henceforward, we do not think of anybody in merely a human fashion. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from the human point of view. With us, therefore, worldly standards have ceased to count in our estimate of any man. We no longer regard anyone as human. Or any Christian as human. Because the humanity has ceased and the risen again as one with Christ. Whatever Christ is, that's what you are. Whatever your race of being, if I can use that term, a bit controversial, whatever, but you know what I'm trying to say, whatever substance, whatever nature Christ is, you are that thing. That thing is a son of God. Born from above, from the Father. He is literally your Father. God is your Father. It's not a metaphor. It's not poetry. It's not a concept. He fathered you. When you say Father, you are actually talking to your Father. Your human parents are no longer your parents in that sense anymore. Because that person they parented has died and risen again. Now we honor them that way because Jesus is in us and he uh, completes the whole law. And so we honor our parents always. That's what the Father would want us to do and that's what he is doing. He's honoring our parents, honoring our parents as parents. So I'm not removing that. But you are a spirit being, one generation from the Father. That's what you are, a son of God. We walk this earth as sons from another kingdom with the authority of that kingdom over this earth which Jesus has paid the price for the whole lot to redeem it and nature because nature groans for the revealing of the sons the fully grown mature sons they're waiting for us to be this thing nature's groaning waiting for the revelation of mature sons you become a mature son by agreeing with God by doing what you see him doing by living from your spirit by faith like childlike living not by learning and not by educating, not by theology, but by agreeing with God. Because illiterate people can live full Christianity. So it's not about literacy. It's not about memorizing the New Testament. Because when they were living this life in the New Testament, they didn't have the New Testament. They had the Old Testament and this life. This is a record of the life they were living without this thing. So you don't even need this you need the Holy Spirit living inside you. And you agree with that Spirit. Now, fortunately, we have the Bible to keep us <laughs> in the center there and to continue to remind us. And so Scripture is very important. It's Scripture. It's Scripture, okay? That's why I've got this multi-translation. I love it. But we don't worship Father, Son, and Holy Scriptures. That's idolatry. When we do that, we worship Father, Son, and our interpretation of the Holy Scriptures. That's what we're doing. We worship Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Spirit's in you. And as John says, no one needs to teach you because the anointing within you continues to teach you. You need to live from your Spirit. who will teach you at all given times and remind you of what Christ has said. I'm not downplaying the Scriptures. I have a very high view of the Scriptures, a very, very high view of the Scriptures. 
but Christ is Christ. And the guys we're reading about lived it without those scriptures. So I'm trying to get you to free yourself. I know I'm revealing scriptures to you. That's, that's my job. But it's not this gift that I have or I must understand Corinthians. That's not it. You already have it. You have it already. You have the mind of Christ in you. And it knows how to love and it knows what the Father wants. You already have it. And you sit down in that, I have it already. You take your feet off the ground and you sit in that. And in that is everything you need for life and godliness in your spirit. Everything you need. It heals your mortal body, it says in the Bible. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6, is that where it says it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I love the Bible, okay? The Bible points to the amazing thing. This mystery hidden before the foundation of the earth now revealed to us Christ in you. That's it. That's what it was. It wasn't to make you sinless because the devil's seen sinless before. It didn't impress him very much. It wasn't to make you forgiven because the devil's seen forgiven before. It didn't impress him very much. He probably got that. What he didn't understand is that Christ would come and live in you a new creation. That in killing one Christ, he'd make a hundred billion of them. That's what he didn't understand. Paul says, if he knew this, Christ knew the hope of glory, he would not have crucified the Son of glory. If he knew what would happen. Now, if only the church knew what happened. <laughs> okay? The devil knows who you are. God knows who you are. The only person that's wondering about this is ourselves. We hear the truth from the scripture and we surrender to its truth. The truth, what is already true, that you've died and gone to heaven. You've been born again from above a new being, as it's about to say here. (laughs) And therefore, henceforward, we do not think of anybody in a merely human fashion. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from the human point of view. Even if we used to think of Christ in a human fashion, we do so no longer. <laughs> Once I mistakenly thought of Christ that way, merely as a human being like myself, how differently I feel now. <laughs> Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Whosoever, so that's, that's any man, whosoever, okay? This is pretty broad terms here. Not the good Christians, not the holy ones, okay? Not preachers, teachers, evangelists, pastors and prophets, saints. Either you're a saint or you ain't. And that is your two choices. Therefore, if anyone is in union with Christ, he is a new being. So no longer human. There is a new creation whenever a man comes to be in Christ. For if a man is in Christ, he becomes a new person altogether. So if any man be in Christ, he is in a new world. When anyone is united with Christ, there is a new world. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things. Wherever you were, have been, whatever is of the full nature did yesterday, today, or tomorrow, does not exist from heaven. And heaven's what lasts forever, and this will get thrown away. And that is the only way God sees you as an eternal being, because you are in heaven face to face. Not Jesus goggles. 
Don't need them. Okay. Old Testament with Jesus goggles, that was the blood that covered things. Yeah. But now we don't need the blood to cover things. Sin has been taken away. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Not covers it. Taken it away. It's gone. The old things are passed away and behold they have become new. The old being has passed away. Past tense. Behold all has past tense become new. His old life has passed away. A new life has begun. A new life has begun for your spirit life has begun. The old state of things has passed away. A new has come. What is old has gone. The new has come. The old life has disappeared. Everything, everything, everything has become new about him. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The past is finished and gone. Everything has become fresh and new. You are fresh and new. You're a spirit that's eternal. It will never die. It doesn't decay. It doesn't rot. It doesn't get older. It stays fresh and new eternally. The old order has gone. A new order has already begun. But God has done it all. So he's done it all. There's nothing we have to do except agree with that. In agreeing with it, you become it. In that, if you truly believe this building was on fire, you'd run out. That's what you truly believe. If you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. What's in you, you do. Okay? It's what you truly believe. It's what... So God's done it all. When we were his enemies through Christ, he made us his friends and gave us the work of making friends of enemies. <laughs> what I mean is this, that God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself, not imparting their trespasses against them. Instead of debiting men's offenses against them, not counting their sins against them, no longer holding men's misdeeds against them, wrecking their sins no more, not charging men's transgressions to their account, not putting their sins to their account. Okay, We cannot stand there and wave banners at people. God's not doing it, all right? And they trusted to us this message of reconciliation. That's pretty clear, isn't it? We get our, our Christianity from this, okay? From here. That's where we get it from. Let's, uh, I might read... Um, let's just keep going in order. What's Galatians. All right, next book over. I just want to show you, this is like not one little thing, Okay? This is the whole thing. So Galatians 2, uh, 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself to me. I have been put to death on the cross with Christ. Okay, it's very clear, isn't it? You have died, now just reckon it so. Still I am living, no longer I, but Christ is living in me. And the life which I, I now am living in the flesh, I am living by faith, the faith of the Son of God, who in love for me gave himself up for me. So whose faith is it you live by? God's faith. The faith of God. You are now him and he is you your one see the mind of christ the joy of the lord the love of the father the mind the faith of god it's all his his resources he gives you the power to be a christian to willing to act according to his good purpose everything came from him it's a complete package god has done it all we saw before 
I do not spurn the grace of God. If we can be justified through the law, then Christ's death was needless. So if we can be justified by what we did, then Jesus died for nothing. You stupid Galatians, you must have been bewitched. Senseless Galatians. What else does it say? Foolish Galatians. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was so graphically presented as crucified, as that's what's happening now, this one question I'd ask you, is it on the ground of obeying the law, behaving, that you receive the Spirit, or is it because you heard and believed? I simply want to ask you one thing. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the, what the law commands or by believing in the gospel? So we know that. We didn't receive Christ by performing a series of laws. We received it by believing. Are you so senseless, so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, would you now end in the flesh? Surely you can't be so idiotic as to think that a man begins his spiritual life in the Spirit, then completes it by reverting to outward observances. Have all your great experiences been in vain, if indeed they should be? When God lavishes His Spirit on you and enables you to perform miracles, what is the reason for it? Your observance of the law or your obedience to the call of faith? He who supplies you abundantly with the Spirit and endows you with such powers, does He do this as a result of obedience to the law or as a result of you having listened with faith? That's something you need to answer right now. Why would God perform miracles in you? Through you, through your body, out of your body, the rest of the world. Because you obeyed observance to a law or a standard or because you believed once at the start? Because you believed. Everything that disqualifies you is a lie because every disqualification is a performance standard. I read the Bible, I didn't read the Bible. I prayed, I didn't pray. I got divorced, I didn't get divorced. I went to church, I didn't go to church. I'm addicted to alcohol, I'm not addicted to alcohol. There are observances to a performance standard. And if you're very, 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 very good, God will not perform miracles through you. It's the wrong system. But if you believe, He will. And you will change because you're living from your spirit. And if you live from your spirit, it puts to death the misdeeds of the flesh. You don't put to death your flesh so you can live by the spirit. It's never worked in human history. It's banned. And if you do that, Jesus died for nothing. You live from your spirit and all these other things disappear. Because Christianity is not for people with strong will and strong discipline. It's for everyone. Uh, verse 11 and indeed the law cannot be oh, and indeed the law's behavior cannot make a man acceptable to God is clear enough okay your behavior does not make you acceptable to God it is faith we are told that brings life to the just man the law however does not rest on faith but on works he who does them shall live by them okay so once again it's faith that you are justified by by believing and that is a surrender of your soul. For your soul wants to live, prove itself. It doesn't trust someone else. It must control. The good news is you've died and risen again. Reckon yourself so live by your spirit. It lives by love. And we know love casts out all fear. So you want to get your soul in order. 
don't have to change your soul. You live by your spirit, and your spirit causes you to will, which is your soul, and to act, which is your body. It's a complete package. It's done it all. Yep. Yep. And I'll read one more from Colossians. I think. We did Ephesians, didn't we? Last week. We could do Philippians, but we won't. We will do Colossians. Colossians, we will do... Colossians 2, uh, chapter 6. And now, just as you trusted Christ to save you, trust Him too for each day's problems. Live in vital union with Him. That's a pretty good translation. Just as you started, as we heard, now we go on. Every day you sit on the chair. Okay? And when things are out of control, natural realm things, which do happen, we need to believe that there's a higher order. And you become aware of what's already true. I'm already forgiven. God has already qualified me and He has given me everything I need for life and godliness and He cares for everything that pertains to me. He's going to perfect everything in its good time. I'm a loved son. He watches over His word to perform it. All the 2,000 um, promises of the gospel are true. It doesn't matter what's happening any day, you can sit in the chair. You realize what's already true and you surrender to the fact that God will perform that because He will not ignore His word. He's not a man that He should lie, as He very insultingly says in Scripture. <laughs> Do you read that the first time? My man that should lie? Oh, harsh. Let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him so that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in truth as you have been, as you have been taught, abounding there with thanksgiving, overflowing with gratitude. Okay. Be careful that nobody spoils your faith through intellectualism or high-sounding nonsense. <laughs> be on your guard. Do not let your minds be captured by hollow and delusive speculations. Philosophizing with empty fantasies. <laughs> Anything that adds to a message of the cross that can be understood in any culture, any time, at any intellectual level, at any economic level, at any social level, has intellectualized fantasies attached to it. The philosophies of men. And all they're doing is adding um, prerequisites. I can't think of a better word. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, rules and regulations. They're adding something that you must do or qualify to to receive this. You, they, they all are. There's, there's all levels of truth. Okay? There's truths about this realm and there's truths about the invisible realm that you're sowing and reaping, blessing and cursing, all those stuff, all that invisible stuff that Oprah Winfrey can use that, you know, they, they all work. They're true. They, they work. Um, I know friends that live in normal Christianity and were struggling for them and went shifted to the whole speak it out and reciprocation and, and the secret and started working for them. Because it works. It's a higher law than this law. Okay? But all that's going to pass away. We go by the heaven's laws, which is the person of Jesus Christ. The will of the Father. And what's the will of the Father? We know because Jesus did it. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cast out demons, he talked to children, he defended women's rights, he forgave those who were persecuting him, those who abandoned him, he cooked them breakfast on the beach. That is heaven. We know what heaven's like. We saw it in a person. 
As we learned last week, the only person in the Gospels you can relate to is Jesus. Because everybody else in the Gospels is a non-Christian. Unsaved, unregenerate, living out of their souls. But Jesus is living out of his spirit, a live spirit that's connected to God. These guys, don't have, they still have spirits, but it's not connected to God. Yet. So you're not Peter, you're not Paul, you're not Martha, you're not Mary, you're not the woman who pushed through, you're not the woman at the well, you're not the centurion. You are Christ who cast out demons with a word and healed everyone who came to him. That's who you are. And your soul goes, Ooh. you just surrender to that truth. So be careful that nobody spoils your faith through intellectualism or high-sounding nonsense, trying to give you something to do to be Christ. It was a gift. According to the instructions of men, according to the first principles of this world, and not according to Christ. Following human traditions and the world's crude notions instead of following Christ. On lines of human tradition, corresponding with the elemental spirits of this world, and not Christ. For in Christ, there is all God in the human body, (laughs) as we heard before. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, you have everything when you have Christ. Do you believe that? I have to, something's happened. Things happen in life, yeah? Okay? Okay, I'm not, I know. Okay? Things happen in life. But if I have Christ, I have everything. I'm complete in Him, uh, the King James says. If I have Christ, I have everything. The fullness of Godhead dwells in me bodily. The one who spoke the whole universe into being and created all this and gold and health and cells and blood and relationships and communication and words who created everything dwells in me. And in him I live and move and have my being. I am one with the one who made all this. I'm above it all. Because I'm living from my spirit, which is raised and seated in heaven above all these things. So you have everything when you have Christ. You are filled with God through your union with Christ. In unity with Christ, you are filled with God by faith, by believing once, which is the head of all principality and power, who is the authority over all authorities, the supreme over all powers. He is the highest ruler over every power. That's who you're one with. And that's why you have everything. You already have it. Faith is trusting in what is already true. It was a complete package. The cross did everything. This is the wisdom of God. That you and Christ become one. Not that you be sinless, not that you be forgiven, not that you be good Christians. That you be Christ on earth. I said this once in Alabama, and I don't know how well it went down, but I said, don't be a Christian. It's too hard. Be Christ. Be Christ. Because that is who you are. Be who you is, or you is who you ain't. (laughs) Be who you are. Everything else is not your nature, which is why it doesn't work. When things don't work, we go to elemental elemental principles and try and do something to qualify us or stop being disqualified. There's only one thing to believe in the work, the blood of Christ that did it all. 
That's the only thing you can do is this. In any situation, it's that. I'm a spirit being raised one with Christ. And all his promises are true. Whenever promises relate to that situation, that's the one. You let God do it. So it humbles you by grace through faith. By faith through grace. One of, they both work. <laughs> it's by grace that you cannot boast. And by faith. And faith, we've made faith an achievement. Faith is not an achievement. It's a gift. The faith of God. You have been given the measure. The faith of God. You already have the faith that everything that comes your way, you already had the faith for it. Whatever you're called to do, whatever your destiny is, your spirit has a call on it to reveal some of the manifest wisdom of God on earth, the creativity of God. Whatever that is, whether it's engineering, whether it's education, whether it's police, whether it's something that doesn't exist, whether it's an artwork that people look at and get healed, whatever it is, whether it's parenting, whatever it is, you're there, you have a call on you to reveal the manifest wisdom of God on earth. And that calls it in your spirit and it can never go. And none of your actions have qualified you nor disqualified you for it. It was given to you as a gift from heaven. It's without repentance. You have it now. You haven't messed it up. It's still there right now in you right now and god wants you to have it god wants you my little children do not fear god delights to give you the kingdom he wants you to have it he deserves that glory on earth he wants you to manifest it so he gets the glory that your light shine before men that people will praise the father in heaven he wants you to show this it's in you right now and it's empowered by god who is all power and life and wisdom and love and it's from love so it lasts forever if you do it from the spirit it will never cease to be because it's from love and that's eternal and will pass through the fire it's all being given to you it's inside you and you receive it by faith by believing that is already true and god wants to give you the resources for that has given you the resources for that has <laughs> and surrender so that oh, there's so many stories lots of stories lots of testimonies these nurses in Africa just wanted to look after people and in the end they did such a good job that governments gave them hospitals whole hospitals became theirs because they followed that little heart thing of love they offered their loaves and fishes and God did the rest that's all he wants you to do what he wants you to do agree with him do what you see the father doing and every child must go the way that they should go you can't go this way i can't go that way okay you do what you are called to do and you don't judge any man after the flesh not yourself you no longer regard yourself as human my son i live from heaven and he wants you to do it remember jesus talking about the guys he didn't bury the stuff in the ground he thought god was a taskmaster okay that's a slight in his character. That's what made him so angry. Do it. He wants you to have it. He deserves that glory. Father, thank you so much. I say that we are ground and a seed will always grow on ground. And I say the cares of this world, those tears want to grow up, we just sit in that chair and say the seed is good. It will produce a crop 30, 60, 100 fold in this good soil. I say it's gone down deep. I say, Lord, you water and you cause it to grow. We just rest in our chairs knowing that this truth, you are causing it to grow. May we be childlike and believe you 
and thus enter the kingdom. All glory to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Very good. Thanks, Chris. I'm coming from the back because I didn't know where the microphone was. <laughs> oh, it's right there. That was amazing, mate. Lord, again, I just want to pray for Chris. I just want to pray, God, that um, as he goes to, uh, as he continues, Lord, to trust in you, to do what you do, Father, um, that, Lord, that he, he hears your voice daily, that, Lord, as he is with you, as he is one with you, that, Lord, that um, uh, you just bless him in every way, that, Lord, that we just pray, God, for um, that voice, Lord, to be carried um, all across this, this nation and all across the world. The Lord, the people here, uh, your good news. So we just continue to pray for him and uh, pray your blessing on him, on him in every way. In Jesus' name.